This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's Mantra and Magic. We're so super excited to have my teacher as our guest this week. It is Deborah Silverman. She's a part-time astrologer, part psychologist, and part comedian, and all real. Over the past 40 years of private practice, Deborah has helped thousands of individuals achieve emotional health and wisdom based on their unique personality and the four elements, water, air, earth, and fire. Deborah's mothering approach to understanding people has earned her international fame and admiration, and she has the most amazing school for astrology called Applied Astrology, and the reason that I picked it and that I love it and that I want to keep coming back and I'm auditing as soon as the doors open is because it takes it all, all the information from above and brings it down to earth, and it makes it real. And when she says all real, she means it. There, um, there has been so much practical life knowledge that has been imparted to me through the mentors, through Deborah herself during this process. I just finished level three and I am pestering Melina about certification. (laughs) I am so, so thrilled to have her on the podcast today because she does something that Jaren and I are really excited about. She does alchemy. She blends the four elements. She brings them together and she helps people transform their lives. And what bigger alchemy is there than that? Thank Welcome, Deborah. That was so nice. That was yeah, so awesome. nice of you. <laughs> is this um, podcast visual or is it just audio? It's visual for our Patreon subscribers. So, but it, it, it doesn't have to be. How come I just heard crickets? I've been hearing them this whole time. Is it in your house or ours? It might be in my house. Here, what happens if I close this window? Is that <laughs> That's what it is. I thought there was. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> it was your window. Things. Yes, it was your window, Jeremy. It's hysterical. Okay. Crickets in the middle of an astrological conversation. I'm trying to get the symbology. I'm not doing good, but by the time we're done, I'll figure something out. Maybe it's teaching Jerry and I to listen and stop talking. That is definitely not something that's been on my. Uh... Well, you have to throw a question at me. Ooh. Oh, we will. So today. Um, is I think it's really appropriate that today is the day of our scheduled conversation because the moon's in Gemini and the sun is in Leo and you're like, you are <laughs> so Gemini and so Leo, Deborah. Um, how have, have you found um, ways to slow down? I feel like that's the biggest thing that a lot of people ask me about when they're like, I just want to do, 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 go, 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 all the things. Like, how have you used astrology to help you be like, oh, this is a good time. To okay, we're back to the crickets. I love this. So, so nature, the, the best medicine for me, said the astrologer, is I want to say about all of this life and welcome to COVID and the transition we're in with these crazy transits we're in, we have to slow down. Like there's no option left anymore, but to be aware that this planet is under dire stress and that if we don't take advantage of our listening skills, welcome to the crickets, if we don't stop and pay attention to mother nature and listen to the cycles and really give ourselves over to, I mean, 
whether it's looking up at stars, hearing the crickets or hearing the creek or feeling the wind, we're not going to get through this. And so it's brought us to our knees. I, I know anyone of your listening audience who loves indigenous anything, you have to know <laughs> that if you're honoring the four elements of the four directions, what do they do? They were outside the whole time. Hello. Yeah. Crickets. That's just the funniest thing. They spent their whole lives outside. We got caught in living in these houses and we've gotten caught living in this speed machine. And then now we're living inside cyberspace. Look at us. I don't even know you and I'm inside cyber. We haven't even touched. So, so the point of the story is we have to like start, we have to return to basics. And this is the value of your work is it's the, it's the elders, it's the ancient, it's the wisdom that came down, but they were all trained by listening on the outside of the house, not from sitting inside. It's really a big factor. So I love the question. I transcend astrology by the very first entrance. I call it the 13th sign, like get off the chart, come into the middle of the circle, look up to the stars and listen to the crickets and realize, whoa, this place is really in pain. We've abused her. I can feel it. I can hear it. And when you're finally in nature and you're away from it all, you're like, oh, wait a minute. We're just the noise machines. She's doing fine. Yeah. I just got back mm -hmm. from camping for uh, three and a half days up in the, the woods, like right by a lake. And I'm doing Tell Me a Story with Melina right now. And my assignment was water. Go figure. I've been crying for a week, Deborah. Oh, my face hurts, but it was so good because I, I had this huge breakthrough about how I always approach water. It was always moving. It was always going nonstop. And I'm sitting by this lake and I was like, holy cow, I've never really actually been still. And like my words just stopped. Oh, it's only when the wind moves that the lake ripples. It's only when the people splash that it like jumps up. And if you're still enough and the dust settles and you can see to the bottom, it's just like, oh, <laughs> I got really excited. So and beautiful. Hey, I think you're absolutely right. If we can, and if we can just be in that presence, everything we need to know is in there. Jeremy, open the window. I want to hear the cricket. <laughs> I don't know if it was, I didn't I mind. Know, it was on I my was end. The, the window was the closed answer. when the cricket started, apparently. So well, this sounds this sounds like a lot of Scorpio energy is what you're talking about, Amy. Like deep, deep depths, a lot of like silence and stillness and avoiding the topics that we don't want to discuss, like death, <laughs> <laughs> endings, having to deal with like, having to deal with the time period, the Kali energy of the time period in between like the death and the rebirth. Like It makes so much sense. You love that goddess, Jared, with Pluto on your sun. Like, just it so makes, much sense. It makes sense what now? You, you cut out. Uh, sorry, that you love that goddess, Kali. Like, no. what do you think, Deborah? <laughs> the goddess of death I, and destruction. The goddess of death and destruction. Kali is, there's a word called Kali Uga. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, Kali Uga, what you're talking yeah. about? We're talking so about Kali the goddess who's associated with that. Yeah, so there's a difference between, I was just going to say, there's a difference between the goddess, but were, were you talking, because I, I had the impression that Jeremy was speaking to the, there, there are these big giant cycles, mm -hmm. Kali Uga, and then there's Kali, who, oh, the crickets are back, making me so happy. There's this big giant cycle that we're in, and then there's Kali, and she is, she is the goddess of 
you will, it's Scorpio to your point, Jeremy, it's you will mm -hmm. change whether you like it or not. I'm coming to your house and, and by the way, take off your seatbelt because nothing's keeping me away. I mean, you know, we know her. She comes mm -hmm. in everybody's world. As soon as you give birth, you feel Kali. Like, I'm going to push this baby out if it kills me, literally. It's, a, it's that make it or break it energy. How did we get to Kali? We are just talking about Scorpio and we're talking about still waters. I will always go to Kali, trust me. Because <laughs> he has Sun and Pluto conjunct, he will always go to Kali. He has Sun and Pluto conjunct, so he is like her priest. I love Sun conjunct Pluto. You came in this lifetime, Jeremy, to make everybody uncomfortable. Let's just talk about death at the beginning of the, <laughs> webinar, the, beginning of the podcast. That's a good idea. We'll just go- So that's where the cricket's from, okay. <laughs> that is so funny, yes. Yeah. Like, like the ability to be so honest mm -hmm. and be so fearless. And by the way, water is not just Scorpio. Water is Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces. And you were right. <clears throat> the quality of slowing down at the best, because water people get very nervous, at their best. You know how when you, you sit down at the lake and you're like, I don't like it here. It's too quiet and I'm going home now. Like you can't stop, people can't stand too much of that because the internal dialogue gets all irritated and we start hearing these mean thoughts and everything gets us distracted and nerd. But the right use of water, Scorpio, Pisces, Cancer is being comfortable in the discomfort, Mr. Pluto. <laughs> being able to sit, sit and not move and say, you guys, can I just admit that the planet right now, we have this unbelievable square for those that know astrology between Mars and Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter over the next four months, it gets escalated in the end of September when the sun's in Libra. So there'll be the sun in Libra, Mars will be in Aries, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto are in Capricorn. For the whole month of Libra, we are living in a opposition of the sun and Mars. Just like, think about that. Even if you don't know astrology, Mars is the red planet. It's all about feisty. Look, both of you are wearing red. It's all about feisty, ruff, ruff, ruff. And it puts into the earth energy when Mars is in Aries, which has been there for six months. Do you know that? Mars went mm -hmm. retrograde. It's going to stay there for six months until January. From July to January, it's been there. And it's all activated in September. And it's basically saying to everyone, you have to become your own leader. You have to ask yourself, can I sit in the quiet water? Can I be in my stillness and hear the crickets and not feel discomfort? Or feel discomfort and sit there anyway? Can I let my words air, speak straight to my partner and say things that I know will disrupt us, but I will really want this conversation clean. Can I take care of the practical world and honor this place as a temple and be money oriented with whatever little you have? Can I really respect it? And then fire, of course. Can I use my passion and my anger in a conscious way so I don't hurt people? This is the ultimate conversation that Kali is set in place with Mars and Aries over the next four more months. That's so crazy. Three more months. So, you know, we're in this exciting, exciting time where astrologically we're being pressured. The crickets have been left out because we don't go camping. We only do it for three and a half days. We used to live outside, by the way. Like, think about it. These houses just came into place in the last maybe a hundred years that everybody has heat and running water and pillows and beds that have big thick mattresses. This did not exist. Like we don't even realize we're so far away from the indigenous culture that taught us how to live on the land and be connected to the crickets and know how to honor the four elements. We're about 
I don't know, 60 miles east of that place? No, 3,000 million lifetimes ago. So we're being forced, radically forced, to look back at our ancestors and say, did you have something you wanted to say to me? Because it's not working over here. What do we do? What do we do wrong? It's such a great question. Yeah, speaking of uh, you guys, <laughs> what are we doing wrong? Well, I, there's tons. All the things. <laughs> yeah, all of the things. I, I can um, list them. <laughs> I can list what everybody's doing wrong because I analyze it all day long. But that's just my Virgo. Yeah. Um, speaking of retrogrades, we're also rocking some Saturn and some Jupiter right now, which they're going to start going direct uh, in September as well. Is there, is there anything you can speak to that when it comes to the, the whole overarching things that we've been dealing with in 2020? Yeah, the directness of Jupiter and Saturn for me is in September. And then in October, Pluto goes, or November, Pluto goes direct too. I don't really pay attention to tell you the truth about all the retro, because it happens, you know this, that it happens four times a year. Mm. So it's, we are usually, we're almost more in a retrograde than we are in a direct. <laughs> so it's it's like we're kind of, that's the nature of, consciousness we go backwards and we go forwards and we learn our lesson and we forget our lesson we wake up in the morning we go back to sleep like we do this little ding da ding da ding so you do the dishes and you do the dishes again it's so funny this place <laughs> you, you brush your teeth and you brush your teeth again I mean, it's like like does then this thing just goes in circles <laughs> that's a funny way to put it the retrogrades are influential as far as mercury i mean that's really obvious it's loud mm-hmm. just heard the cricket and then saturn and jupiter love those things. Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto going direct. It will help. It's not to say that just because everything goes in circles, it doesn't feel better when we're going straight. It does. It's kind of the feeling like you're on a bus and it was driving backwards and you kept getting delayed and delayed. Now suddenly it's going forward, but about three months down, it's going to go backwards again, but it does feel better when it starts going direct. There should be a little bit more momentum, but I'm going to tell you that the winter, the fall and the winter the, the tension and the demand from the ancestors to say, did you get the lesson of the spring? Like, did you guys slow down? Are you guys slowed down? Did you notice a difference since this quarantine? Has it affected your lives? I'm interested. I mean, it definitely has affected mine. It's allowed me to drop into my practice a lot more. Like I've spent a lot more time outside. I've done more ritual. I've been able to uh, actually do an earth burial ritual once spring hit. Um, spent some time uh, dropping in and connecting with more of my guides during the WESOC, you know, during the uh, May. So I've, I have had more, more time with myself and with my guides and getting more into my magical practice over the past, you know, three or four or six months, which has been fantastic. But the real life stuff, like being able to bring it back down and to integrate it back into the world is something I think I know that I'm excited about. That's something I'm looking forward to of being able to kind of charge directly into the, the back end of this year and to start 2021 with, um, you know, some strength behind me. And that's, again, some of the intentions that I'm setting with, uh, with Saturn going direct and with Jupiter going direct. Again, I'm just now starting to get into where I'm paying more attention to what's happening in the sky on a daily basis and, and forecasting a little bit, not necessarily to do fortune telling, but to be able to see what is going to be good for me to make plans as to how I can, like what what I can be doing in the next six months is going to be the most beneficial for me, my family, and for uh, people around me. You know, our audience especially. So it's so. I just looked at your chart. It's so mm-hmm. obvious that you have. Um, it's like I wish I could close my eyes and see your past lives, where your 
earthbound wisdom is so intrinsic to your nature that this lifetime you came in as a white man saying, I'm going to bring it back. I'm not leaving it behind. So welcome to the COVID. This is my whole point. If the ancestors didn't know how to get us on our knees to remind us of your magical ceremonies and how to get back to the practice that is going to help us survive through the strength, boy, you're right on schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. And you have such, your chart is so, um, to your point about Pluto, Amy, uh, driven, like you are on a mission. And it's spiritual. It's all, and you're grounded, double earth. You know, you've got a real commitment as Capricorn Taurus, like you really mm-hmm. want to hold it down. But it's the philosopher that doesn't stop saying and speaking to the unspeakable. You got, I can't wait for you to study astrology. <laughs> How come you haven't taken the class before, Jeremy? You're built for the job. Apparently so. It's, it's been a slow progress. Like I started getting into ceremonial magic and other things this, you know, the past two or three years. And like uh, mantra was a big thing for the, since uh, the probably like 2011, 2012. So it's, you can only, you can only read so much at one time. I can only read so many books at a time. <laughs> can only read so much at some time. It's the art of astrology to Amy's point is we don't just study with the book. We study with your practical application. That's why it's right. called applied astrology. So you're going to mm-hmm. love it because it's very, very practical. I hate, I don't, I don't know. I shouldn't say hate, but I get frustrated with, I call it spiritual spiritual. Like mm-hmm. I can only do so much spiritual spiritual. I want to see results. And I see in you, you've got discipline, Jeremy. I want someone to show me that they've got a practice that they're doing consistently. They're not full of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we can listen to these podcasts all day. But what happens when you bump into somebody and you're mad at them and then suddenly you're at reverting back to your retarded human form and you want to find your spiritual practice that you left in the other room with your chanting machine? Like, excuse me, <laughs> put, like, what happened when you bumped into that person and you got really pissed off and all your spiritual spiritual went out the window? That's when it begins. <laughs> Is that bad? The chanting machine? No, part? it's so Not good. At all. <laughs> I, I was talking to Melina about this and she was like, yeah, I, I have, I definitely have a tendency to, um, well, you do too, Amy. I call it out. I can't, yeah. st- I get so pissed off when people, like it just, it just happened recently. Someone that runs, I love this guy. He runs the Hanuman festival here in town, super spiritual, all the yogis in the world. We made, we did something in business together. It went off, slightly off. And I got pissed off. And then he was like, what happened to all your spirituality? And I was like, this is spiritual. Like, mm-hmm. don't you dare tell me that I can't get pissed off and be straight with you because I'm spiritual. That's so full of shit. And that's mm-hmm. how a lot of people in this community are. And that's something that Jared and I like talk about a lot is they're afraid to let themselves feel angry. They're afraid to let themselves feel sad. They're afraid to let themselves feel anything that's not love and light and bliss. And I'm like, what about the black holes, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I get really pissed off too because it's that's shadow work. What about the black holes? What about the black holes? Have you seen any of those lately, lady? No. So permission. I said to him when he came over, he was like, you know, that was harsh, Deborah, what you said. I said, uh, I, I just told the truth and let's clear it. I'm all about that. Let's stay in the conversation. Let's keep the game going, but we're not going to play. And he got it. He was like, thank you so much. Like, this is part of what's going on right now. Back to basics. We are raw animals. I'm an animal. Mm-hmm. What do you think making love is? You look crazy when you're making love. Like that is an animal. Those are two animals. They're not talking. They're having the best time. Why does that only happen under closed doors with the door shut? Uh, law, there's laws against uh, <laughs> doing it in public. I was going to say, I don't think we're supposed to be doing it in public, but... <laughs> 
there what are I, what I really, whole resorts what I, built around that. But but isn't it but isn't it funny that that animal energy, which is the intrinsic entrance of how you get onto planet Earth, gets forgotten when we dress ourselves up and start going normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love how my dog looks at me when I get out of the shower. It's kind of like, oh, that looks a lot more normal. Now you're gonna go put <laughs> stupid clothes on. Like, yeah, <laughs> look yeah. more like you now, right? Like a lot, little less hairy. That's so cute. <laughs> now I know who you are. You look like me a little bit. That's so cute. Yes, I'm all about spiritual spiritual being brought back to basics. And in my astrology school, and Amy knows this, it's the mentors are trained to just be really straight. Like you have a hard chart or you have a really bad temper or you're so sensitive, it's beautiful, but you need to be quiet. It's okay to not talk to people. Like we we're constantly giving out permission slips to let people be their human raw animal self. And it makes life well, so much more colorful. For somebody who doesn't really have, a, a, like, cause astrology is huge. You can start off by understanding your, your, the 12 signs just to get like your sun sign for someone. But then when you ask somebody, you know, what's your rising, what's your moon, people can completely get lost in it, you know, especially if they don't have a background in it. And then you start to get into terms like stellium or, you know, conjunct or any of the other things like for just starting out, how can you, how can someone be empowered in understanding just the basics of their sign, even if they well, just know you, what their you know sign what is? Where's my book? You start with the missing element, my book, because it has no astrology. It's just the elements. Once you master the elements, Astrology gets really simple. You're looking forward to Amy. I am. And it's like within reach. <laughs> just, I think it's, I think I see it. Over. Showing, you're showing your ear again. I am. I, I yes, know it's in are. this room. It's in this room. You're showing your Gemini. It's so funny. She came to the interview without the book and out without the bio. I kind of like it because it makes me feel better about myself. It's so um, air. But I was yeah, super early. <laughs> Yeah. Now that, she, that's not air. That's just <laughs> funny. So the point is, there's that, so to Jeremy, the first step, the first lowest hanging fruit is just get the missing element. I will send it to people with their mm -hmm. chart in it. If they don't know astrology and I'll sign it and you can get it from my website. Second step is, do you know about this? I have a library called the star community slash library. That's 197. And it gives you an incredible resource as a beginner to go in there and say, what if I have moon in Aries? What does it mean? Push a button. What if I have um, sun in Taurus and it's in the 12th house? Push the button. So you can learn through that library. It's a lifelong membership. You buy it once that, and that's the next peer. And then the highest peer is you take the class and you study because there's too much information out there. I get confused. Like how mm -hmm. does somebody learn astrology? I, like how was it for Amy? Were you, did you know astrology before you took the school? I thought I did. I was like super excited. I had had a couple readings done um, from astrologers who weren't in your program. And I had had, so like one person did a pre-recorded one, one person did a live one, one person did a, a solar return. So it was like different types of readings. And the reading that I had with you, Deborah, in January, I was like, because oh, you told me all of these things. Yeah, you, um, it was, it was like two weeks before the school opened. Um, you did a reading with me. You did a reading? You did. With all three levels? Um, not immediately. It was actually because of your team reaching out to me. Um, to oh, because you're special. I don't do readings. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I didn't realize how special I was until you were doing that reading. And um, 
And I was like, wow, I am magic. <laughs> I didn't know how hard it was. You are magic. Amy, Amy, you are magic. Okay, good. I'm glad you got that part. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was eye-opening because I had had people talk about certain things, but it never made sense. I was like, sure. Yeah, I've got Mars and Aries, and it's in the 11th house, and it's in conjunct to my son. And I could say all these fancy words, but I didn't know what they meant. And I knew that Virgos were like uptight, but I didn't know anything else about us. <laughs> And he had an idea that Gemini liked to talk, but it wasn't, it didn't make sense. None of the pieces got put together. And then when I was doing, what was it? You, t you mentioned my progressed moon during that reading with you. And you're like, you know, you're in a season of cancer. And I looked back at my life. And I was like, oh, holy cow. That was right when I was like, I want to delete my Instagram. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to go home. I want to curl up in my blankets. I want to drink cacao. And just, I was like in this space where I just didn't want to interact with anyone anymore. And I wanted to nurture myself. And I had the urge to cry, but I didn't know how to access it. And there were all these things. And now I'm about to shift into a progress moon in Leo. And here I am like, everybody notice me. I've got this going on. Look what I can do. And there's this matching up of soul and ego that's happened in a whole new way because of that process but it was like the water had to come wash everything through before the fire could come back and the the whole last six months have been just this deep dive into astrology and taking it back to the elements i was like i know the elements just like sassy and smart alec and got into the first class and was like oh wow i know nothing and this is great. <laughs> It's absolutely great because now I get to learn. And so I think anybody I love who that story. Oh my god, I know nothing. Well, you had some interest, like obviously both of you are shamanically oriented, but what mm -hmm. I do is you know, it's back to that conversation about spiritual spiritual. Mm -hmm. I apply it. Like you had to learn how to cry. That's it's one thing to say I'm learning about water. It's water, it's sensitivity, and it's meditation and it's chanting in all other languages. No, it's touching your human body and being able to cry and holding your kids and feeling how much love you have and how vulnerable you are. Yeah. I bring it on down. Yep. I just kept hearing Trevor singing, all I know is that I don't know. And I dance and I sing and I live so. And like, I just kept hearing that the whole time. And then also because my first homework was fire, actually, that was the lowest scoring one on the missing element. Um, Cause I just, Everything else was water except the crying. I said yes to everything else on the water quiz. And so I kept hearing, I've been learning how to walk in my fire, live in, in my, my fire. fire. And I was like, this is why. It's because he went through all of this with you and he was able to. He went through level one too. He's, he's really a good astrologer. One yeah. of the best. And it, it influenced his music. He lives in my neighborhood. You guys actually, Jer, you live like 10 minutes from Deborah. What? It seems like I'm in, yeah, I'm in Lafayette. <laughs> That's the craziest thing I've heard all day. You live in it Lafayette. Seems like, yeah, it seems like most of our guests are like in my neighborhood. <laughs> it's so crazy. Everybody that I love, you all live there. <laughs> like I need to. <laughs> you, you guys need to move. Yeah. yeah, you guys need to get up here. Wow, I was just in Lafayette. I, I, uh, I'm working on a documentary at Gaia. Nice. That's awesome. All about the elements. Uh, have I heard a routine theme here? Let's talk about <laughs> Tell Me a Story because it's coming soon to your neighborhood. How are you enjoying it? 
We're it, only one day in. I'm, I'm one week in. So we just got our second week class in homework. And I haven't been able to access, like I've been aware of some patterns because I would like to believe that I'm a, a pretty observant person. I'm able to step back in the observer. I've been teaching meditation for years. I better know how to do it. And, um, and the prompts of the writing, like instant, like just full on the, the first prompt of the first water class really like it sucker punched me in a good way. I was like, I, have not admitted how much I escape into my air or how much I escape into my earth. And I do. And I just like avoid, 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 because I know how big the water is and it scares me like moon in the 12th house. It freaking scares me. And I got to this point where <laughs> I was reading it back to the class. Cause that's something you have to do and tell me a story. Jerry. So you have to read what you write, which is the most, heartbreakingly vulnerable action to do. Like I'm writing this all to myself. Oh crap. Now I have to share it. And I was reading it loud and Melina was like, stop. What? You are going a thousand miles an hour. Welcome you to Gemini rising. Yeah. She's like, you need to <laughs> slow down because we can't understand what you're saying. You're word vomiting. <laughs> and you're like, I'm doing it so I don't have to feel it. I was like, I just had to get through this. <laughs> so That's exactly right. I slowed down and I started crying. The second I slowed down and I started reading it slowly and intentionally, tears started coming. And this second class, I cried the whole time, the entire class. And Melina was really happy. <laughs> and I was, I was like weirdly happy. I was like, I've never allowed myself to be seen this way. And Jared lived with me for a year and a half and he saw me cry once. <laughs> One time. One time. And I'd kn I had known you for, you know, four years before that. So it was kind of like, I'd never, do you have those emotions? It was weird. It was like, mama's not supposed to feel this. <laughs> like, what is mama doing? Wow. It was really wow. weird. Yeah. And, and he got to see me like break down and I, I've had other breakdowns that I've shown people occasionally, <laughs> but for the most part that, that was the new pattern that just got unraveled is I realized and I don't know, I mean, you could probably tell me if this is part of the odd thing of this pressure with the divine Beautiful feeling chart. like this pressure to prove to not anybody here, but God, that I'm doing the work. And really it's to my higher self. Like I'm trying to constantly feel this approval from the heavens that I am living life on purpose and sharing the message and sharing the mission and like doing everything in my power to be as bright of a light as possible. And the second that I don't feel that. wonder about that, Amy? You're so shiny. What, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, oh, am I doing it? And, there's, and, and it leads me to never want to seem like I break down because then maybe what I'm doing isn't working. And then I realize, yeah, so no, that, it, that is it, it yes. working. <laughs> this is a universal problem too scared and embarrassed to be vulnerable mm -hmm. as though something's wrong back to the animal if you walked into a room watching two people making love and you didn't know what they were doing it sounds like it's hurting yeah. like are they okay it's 
same thing is true with crying. If you see, these are the human things we do that are so raw animal. You hear somebody crying, really crying, and you're like, that's bad. We have a, a rewrite, like, no, this is the most sacred act in the world, making love. And crying is the definition of human. Animals can cry briefly. There's some animals that, you, I love the line, what you can't see the tears of the whale. So beautiful. But <laughs> humans have the gift. <laughs> this is crazy. Crickets and dogs. We're not going to get this podcast. Yeah, see, I talk I'm, about I'm, animals and the dog barked. I like this story. He's, he heard you. Uh, I am. Um, I feel like I do the exact opposite. I go to tears. That's just my natural go-to's. And I feel like because I, I'm showing you that I have emotions and that I can actually tap into these things, but I don't do the. I'm a lot of words a lot of the times. I'm a, I'm 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 also obviously Libra. I've got a you know Mercury and Libra. Like I do a lot of. No, I spend a lot no, of time. No 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 no. Jeremy Jeremy, no? your Mercury's in Scorpio. Back it up. Oh, what am I looking at? No, it isn't Libra. Mercury's it's. No, you're I, okay. Let's have a fight about this. I'm an astrologer for 43 years, <laughs> and I've been doing this for a long time. I love when they. I love when people do this. Okay, your Mercury's at zero degree Scorpio. Look again. Oh. Okay. Uh huh. So uh -huh. tell me, Mercury tell me about water a water sign. Mercury in a water sign can cry easily. Yes, I definitely Amy, can. Amy, did you not help him with his chart yet? I'm I'm looking at his chart, and it says Mercury's in 19 degrees Libra. Maybe we've got the time wrong. Do you have 106? Ruff, ruff, ruff. I know my dogs. They bark October at anybody. 1979? 1978. 1978. Oh my God. That's not good. <laughs> okay, so That's I was wrong. I like being wrong. It's a That's slightly funny. different chart. <laughs> a little bit. Can you show me yours? Yeah, let me share the screen. So, um, my my son actually sits almost go. exact degree to his Saturn. I'm so sorry, Jeremy, trying to correct That's you. That's all right. This is Jeremy. Here you are. Oh, my goodness. Your moon's not in Taurus. Your moon's in Sag. Oh, you are a sensitive moon conjunct Neptune in the 12th house. You are a dreamer and a mystic, and your dreams must be trippy. Yeah. <laughs> Do they give you messages? They do. I, my guides speak to me a lot through my dreams. I love when a man says the sentence, my guides. <laughs> you are, you're so eccentric. Look at his chart. So, so if you can touch his chart, just show us Neptune conjunct the moon in the 12th house. That, that is where your sensitivity comes from. The moon is on the planet Neptune, seven degrees away, where you feel the mystical, mm -hmm. magical realm as though it was real. Like you can't mm -hmm. tell reality from... And, and that gives you the gift of sensitivity because it's so it comes in a wave. You're like, whoa! I just and it's so honest. Your poor wife. You must just call her everything. <laughs> yeah. She's one of the Capstellium <laughs> babies too. Yeah, and she's so, actually oh my, my biological just, cousin. <laughs> we just have a normal conversation. He never does normal. Mars conjunct Uranus. Look at that. Can you circle that, Amy? Mm -hmm. Mars conjunct Uranus in the tenth house. What do you do for work, Jeremy? I'm an energy healer and a massage therapist. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. I'm a ceremonialist. I don't know if, again, if I could technically call that a, a job, but like last year, Amy and uh, her husband, Anton, asked me to perform their wedding. And then a week later, my friends, Ryan and Chelsea, asked me to perform their wedding. So I've been kind of thrust into the role of being 
uh, a holy I can man. Totally see that. Yeah. Come on, you were not thrust. You came. I'm telling you what I saw when I, I was happy you. to be thrust were, there. I was like, put me, put you me are wherever. Past it's fine. life. Where do you, do you have any memory of where you lived? Where you? What culture you've come from? Do you have any past life memory or any alliance to any particular country? The only well, I mean, I Sanskrit came to me naturally, and the first time I sat in an ayahuasca ceremony, I got this wash of Sanskrit um, lettering that came through and I was like, this is lost on me. I have absolutely no idea what this is saying. So I feel like there's some of that that's in it. The only past life experience that I've ever had um, was the first time I actually fired a pistol. I was thrust back into World War I, like being in a, a foxhole with someone, like a, one, of my, one of my partners on my chest. And I was like trying to hold people off. That was the only past life memory that, I, oh that I've actually had God. kind of thrown into. Where did that into. come from? In a dream, or you're pushing? This a, was you, this was from actually from firing a gun for the first time, like the first time I fired a handgun. I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to do that ever again. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we were in those trenches together with you. Because, Probably. I mean, Jerry and I were total soul siblings, and we met in that ayahuasca ceremony, Deborah. That's where we met. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I was reading tarot so cards sad. ahead of time and he's like, Can you read those cards for me, please? Like before we go into ceremony to help like clarify my intention. And I was like, Yeah, sure. And this um, is such a cool chart, Jeremy. Oh my God, you're gonna have so much fun. You've got <laughs> so are you are you writing? Um, I do this. I have trouble getting my thoughts down. I do I do journal, but um yeah, but you, writing but you is, talk is out part loud of a lot. Yes. Let's look at his yeah. Mercury. So, Amy, see where your Mercury is sitting on top of the chart? Mm -hmm. Conjunct Pluto. Your mind, when it comes to people and wanting to relate to them, is obsessed. Like yes, you're obsessed. <laughs> Pluto conjunct Mercury only happens once a year. You got it. Okay. Mars conjunct Uranus. Listen to this. All the outer planets. Pluto's on your Mercury. Mars is on your Uranus. It sounds funny. And Moon is on your Neptune. All your mm -hmm. outer planets are, when you see a chart where the outer planets are so active, you know it's an otherworldly person. So of course you're interested in all things woo-woo. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is trying to figure out how to ground it. And that's what my partner, Lindsay, is constantly saying. She's like, okay, act like you're talking to my mom. <laughs> like, how do you bring this down to make it a little more understandable so that you're not oh going to freak God, her out I or scare that. her off? <laughs> act like you're talking to my mom, to your mother-in-law. That was the best answer. Well, you certainly have charm. You scored in the charm department. That's something I'm also dealing with in the shadow. I've been, I'm trying to find a way to use charm for good and not for evil because that, I think that's part of my tears. Like when my tears start coming up, I'm like, I'm trying to get out of this. I'm working my, working my magic, you know? Tears are such a good cleanser. Back to the animal. Where's the dog? <laughs> Downstairs staring at the neighbors like, what are you doing outside your house? That's such a beautiful chart. It's such a sign of sun, three planets, stellium in the ninth house of the philosopher, two planets in the 10th house, energy healer. This guy's a gifted. So that's good for me to know you. Do you do hands-on work with people? I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. And he incorporates the Sanskrit into it. He'll chant over you as he's doing the massage. So the Sanskrit's the past life memory. So you have memories of being with Trevor Hall, who's probably the <laughs> chance in English, but he, oh, I look at him, I just like, how did this happen? You turned into a white, blue-eyed guy. <laughs> not appropriate. How come you're not dressed up in your proper suit? And, <laughs> and you, I can see, I can really feel the quality of connection you have to the earth. Do you spend a lot of time outside, Jeremy? I do, yeah. Spend a spend a good amount of time. Recently, we, Lindsay and I recently moved uh, to Lafayette. We were in Boulder before, so we had a nice backyard with high fences, so I could go out and 
do my ceremonies either in a, in a robe or in a, a poncho or naked if I felt like it. And we have our backyard now backs up to an elementary school. So it's not the <laughs> same thing we were talking about with the sex outside. It's a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit of a hairy situation. Well, you used to, when you lived here in Arizona, go up to the top of Camelback Mountain yeah. and chant yeah. for like an hour up there and scare all the hikers because there's like yeah. this deep, booming voice saying like <laughs> other languages. That's so encouraging, Jeremy. It's so good to see that you're willing to take yourself out of the norm because Mars conjunct Uranus. There's nothing normal about you. Let's see your chart, Amy, while we have time. Okie dokie. Mm. And I don't like when the transits are on the outside, but that's okay. It's too late now. Okay. I can go back. <laughs> it's okay. I just think it's way, I, I love simplicity. I just like when you just want the needle. Yeah. yeah. Just go right up there to the top. Yes. It's just so clean. My little Virgo showing up. Oh, wrong answer. You have to go back. Nope. You have to go back up to the top. I love that you're a Gemini. No, go up to free horoscopes. Go back up to the top. Oh, go back up to free horoscopes. Uh-huh. And now pick out, now go to, pick out your chart. Go over to my astro up to the right. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. It'll, it'll come out different. And now pick your name. And now go up to chart drawing to the right, the first one right there. Uh-huh. You got it. And now you're going to see what the way. Uh, oh, because the sideways one. Oh, I feel like someone just put Windex on the door. Yeah. Just so much cleaner. And I love the way this looks. Look at her chart. Oh my oh. God, she's got such a strong sense of purpose. What did I tell you in the reading that stood out from the first reading I gave you? Um, well, first you said, have you ever heard of Yods? <laughs> and so that was like, my whole brain just went, what? Like, ding, 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 ding. Um, but you also, you really emphasized the sun in the fourth house, which um, hadn't ever been explained to me before, how much that was playing a part in my life right now, especially with the progression in cancer. And so having that like deep, can and then Venus and cancer, like the connection of motherhood. Um, and then you also really called me out on my critic, <laughs> my ability to just uh, rail into myself. Yeah. And I, I have um, an uncanny ability to put myself down and um, uncanny ability. <laughs> That's called sun square the ascendant. You have the symptom of your soul and your personality don't match. Can you show them the red line between sun and Jupiter? See that square? It also hits your ascendant. Mm -hmm. So that your soul, the, the ascendant is what you're ascending to. It's your higher self and it's conflicted with your ego. So your higher self goes talk and play and be free and give yourself permission to make as many mistakes as you want. And the Virgo goes, no, you're bad. Why Clean you your room. That? book was yeah and how come you can't like that's bad yeah. you're like excuse me who's talking so then you become aware of that dynamic the square between virgo and gemini and you free yourself that's the whole point of astrology and has it felt better amy since you studied yeah there's been that's one thing that i love and it's actually you just released the second video on your destiny um the series that you're doing right now on making friends with the soul and the ego and I think that's absolutely huge. And I'm gonna post about that today. This will air this weekend. Um, but today I'm gonna say like, guess what happened? And <laughs> you have to go see this. You have to go see this explanation of what your rising sign is and what your sun sign is and how they can work together. And or not. Or not. 
yeah, and what to do if they're not working together, which is like 99% of the population. And so for, that's right. for me, it was, it was really huge because that's something Jared and I talk a lot about with these meditation well, practices. Let's go see his chart. Hold on, back up. Let's go to his chart because he has your uh, Libra Capricorn and they square. Not as tight. His, it's a bigger, wider orb, but he has it not quite as tight. He's got 14 degrees to three degrees. So can I just do it five minutes on that before you go yeah. on? You yeah. can stop sharing because that video has gotten so much popularity. It's confusing for beginners. So if you're confused looking at these charts, don't feel bad. You should be absolutely confused. If you, like Jeremy, if you've been flirting with astrology, but you've never really touched it in depth to, mm -hmm. Amy, to Amy's point where you're like, finally got in the class and you're like, what? I didn't <laughs> even know I had son in the fourth house, which he has son in the ninth. These are such important conversations. I, I just want to say first, the way I got to the bottom note of astrology was by being a little slow. So I want you to know this. It took me years and years back to the crickets, years and years and years of repetition, doing readings where I could, I wanted to fine tune. How could I touch this person's life and change it in an hour session? Mm -hmm. Like how, what, what could I say to them that would liberate them, free them, explain something to them, direct them, provide wisdom. If I can only have an hour session. So I tried to hone in the chart, like what would it be? Oh, right, the placement of the sun and what house it falls in. It's like giant, why? Because the sun lights up that whole part of the sky and that house that it's filling in when that baby's born is the theme of their whole life. Mama bears Amy and Mr. Philosopher, Jeremy. Like you can't help yourself. And then, and I, I'm a Scorpio in disguise. You can't tell by looking, but look how dark my room is. But I, <laughs> I talk about sex and animals because I've got an eighth house son. Yeah. I loved a podcast that you did recently with someone who is Scorpio. And the two of you guys are just talking and talking and talking about all the Scorpio things. And I was like, yes, because people need to hear this. And I was raised by two Scorpios. My, both my parents are three days apart. And <laughs> I, I didn't know it because they don't act like it. They don't access their water in a healthy way, either one of them. And I was like, oh, that's part of the reason that this is my life lessons. I'm healing that ancestral lineage of how do we tap into the water? How do we learn to mother ourselves? Um, that's what came up in the, the prompt for tell me a story this week was tell the me fact a story. That, let's just yeah. let's just finish with tell me a story. Okay. Tell me a story <clears throat> is a I had a baby. It sounds weird because I'm old. I'm in my <laughs> late sixties. Like I'm over. I'm way over this fence. However, I designed this thing in a dream. You'll like the story, Jeremy. <clears throat> it came in a dream, and then the second first I got the download. Then I had a dream I was pregnant, and everyone was touching my belly, and I was like, uh, yeah. But it was because this baby came forward called Tell Me a Story. And <clears throat> we're just starting it in the fall. It's a four-session class. You do one, four sessions in a row, like in two weeks or in a month. And the mentor is there prompting you with a question about what I left behind, what I can't stop thinking about, unconscious material that you don't even know is there. You read it out loud in front of a group and you're like, what? And you get this emotional release. And then the, the floodgates open. I've had more people tell me at the end of tell me a story. Now I'm writing. Now I'm creating. It like liberates what you've kept locked. So I feel like a blow dryer. <laughs> like I melt people's shell, the shield mm -hmm. through this process that I just, I can't take any credit because I don't know how it happened. But it's very, it's beautiful. 
It, it's the, I think it's the most um, accessible form of self-development. It's therapy, but it's in a way that still feels mystical to me. Um, which I wouldn't be satisfied otherwise. Yeah, it's complete magic. That's why I said you're an alchemist because you're taking these four elements and teaching people how to balance them in order to find gold. They have to find the gold and they will. I love that. We should have called Tell Me a Story Alchemy. You, you, You write, you reveal yourself, you hear your own wisdom. No one has to give you the, the shock of Tell Me a Story is I give people their wisdom. So the, tr- the trainers are taught not to interrupt, like let them have their experience. And it's yeah, this, so this sounds this sounds so much healthier too uh, compared to some of the the men's work that I've seen where it's like go beat something up, which is the kind of <laughs> the, the things that I get from coaches, and I'm like, that's not how I'm going to access the stuff that's buried underneath. You know, I know that there's other ways to get to it. So this sounds this sounds right up my alley. Okay, good. Well, we need you know what, Jeremy? There's someone that needs a volunteer. Like like you have to. I need your little phone number. I'll, okay. I'll send it. Yeah, I'll, I'll connect you guys. There's a hawk that just landed on the tree outside. Thank you, Spirit. <laughs> we had a hawk, we had crickets and a dog. Okay. I really pay attention medicine. to that. I yeah. really, really, I never neglect the awareness of those crickets starting this whole session. I mean, honest to God, to me, that is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And a hawk, my favorite. I love hawks. I'm, I think I was a bird or no, I want to be a bird. You already bird. are. But I want to really feel like, I want to feel what it's like to like, I just want that feeling. I'm sure I'll come back as a bird. Maybe I've done it in somewhere, but I just, like the elation of being carried by the wind. There's that Mm -hmm. Gemini. Oh Mm -hmm. God, I know. (laughs) It's true. I I want to, before we go off, just real quick, say for everybody who who resonates with all of us, we're going to have links for... Um, the star community library, which even if you're already an astrologer is probably one of the most useful things in the world. I was like, I don't know if I should get this or not, but I'm just going to take the leap. And I did it. And it, it has been this invaluable resource because not only does it have all these infos about like, what's it like to have your moon in Taurus or to have your sun in Virgo. It's like an interview with someone who has those things. You get to hear how it shows up in their life and how it shows up differently for every single person. And it has all the podcasts listed that Deborah's ever been on. And so I like it for review. If I'm going to go do somebody's chart, then I can say like, you know, I, I just really can't remember what it's like to have Leo as your rising sign. I'm going to take a look at this. Yeah. And it, and it just, it's a refresher. I'm like, oh, I did know that about myself, but I was criticizing myself because I didn't think I knew it. So I needed to go have like some kind of confirmation. Um, so the Star Community Library, super useful. Tell me a story and applied astrology. Um, the doors open two weeks. The cart. The, the car. I love it. The car open. We yeah. only have the, it's so cute. We only have the class twice a year. So if yeah. you're coming right now, it's your last chance because it won't be again until next year. So the school, it's six weeks. It's only 10 people in a room. It's very intimate. You have a mentor who studies your chart. So it's not, it's not like general astrology. It's all applied to your life in a practical way. It's a thousand dollars for the first class. The second class is the nuts and bolts, but that first class is just 10 people and it only happened. And guess what? The cart opens August 18th to September 4th. 
and the school starts September 14th and you pick out of 30 different times, like you're working so you can only do it on weekends or you work, you have a day free on Mondays and that's the day they have a class in the afternoon. So there's a lot to pick from. We really make it easy. And you end up getting matched with someone that you're like supposed to be with and it's funny how it works out. And yes. so you that's- you fall in love with your buddy, with your somebody you were studying with? Um, less, actually not until- uh, Level three. Level three was I. I watched you fall in love. Who was it? Yeah. Uh, well, Eden and I really hit it off. And oh, then. She's amazing. Um, oh, now my mind is blanking on her name. You Leanda? always called her Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Leanda. Leanda. I saw that. I saw that all happening right there in cyberspace. That's the other thing you guys need to know. It's all cyberspace. And people have had, really have fallen in love with themselves, but they have fallen, find their best friends. When you say star community, you're not joking. And it's, it's the most empowering thing too. That's what I want to like leave people with is when you go into this, you find permission to fall in love with yourself and therefore it empowers you to follow your dreams and to do what you feel called to do. So thank you for creating that. I'm so proud of it. And that again, I, you know, I, I, my ego is kind of funny because I am a vessel. I'm proud to say that. But other than that, I don't understand how I do any of this. I'm not supposed to tell people that. Someone once said to me, you got to stop saying that. But honest to God, like I run a business with 40 women, a multi-million dollar business. And I'm like, I never took a business class. Should I tell anybody that? I never took an astrology class. Should I tell anybody that? <laughs> you took psychotherapy class. You can hold I that certificate up and I went and to graduate it. school, but you know what? Everything I learned in that school, I don't do at all. I broke every rule. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh my God, that's so funny. The two programs I did not take any education, I made up the rules. And the one where I studied for years, I let go of it and had to make up my own. But, uh, yeah, Perfect. I'm a bit of a rebel. I like it. I mean, that's the yeah. 11th house. Right? I like you too, Amy. I'm so glad. That's why I said yes to this podcast. And Jeremy, Thank you. Yes. Gonna, when we hang up, how are we going to do that now? Well, we'll connect after, actually, we'll stop recording and then we can continue a little bit of a conversation before we cut off. I love that story. That's the answer I was looking for. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Deborah. Yeah.